Well, y'all, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, I need you to help me out. We're in the middle of a series called what? The Missing Piece. And what we've been talking about, what we've been looking at is the importance of every single piece of the body of Christ. How many of you know every part of the body is important? Just like my arm's important, my foot's important, my leg's important, my head's important, every part of the body is important. The, the, every single piece and part of the body of Christ is important. Somebody say amen. amen. And I think one of the mistakes that we make in our culture, probably all over the world, I don't know, is that we, we I think we have this mental concept that there's multiple bodies of Christ. Okay, so Clawson is a body of Christ. Okay, and we do things a little differently right? But then you have Timber Creek that's also a body of Christ. They do things much differently than Clawson does, so they must be a separate body altogether, right? And then you have Old Quinn, <laughs> and then you have Old Quinn right down the road down here, different denomination of people. They definitely do things way different than Clawson does, different worship, different everything. So there's a body there, there's a body over there, there's a body right here. Then you have the Cowboy Church right up the road. Anybody ever go to the Cowboy Church? Awesome. They're a different body of Christ altogether, right? Except for that's not actually how the body of Christ was put together. There's not multiple bodies of Christ. There's only one body of Jesus Christ. And if you are in the, 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 if you're a child of God, if you are serving Jesus, if you have given your life to him and got saved, you are in the body of Christ, whether that be Baptist, whether that be AG, whether that be Pentecostal, whether that be non-denominational, we are all one body. And I think so many times what we do is we make the mistake of separating ourselves from the rest of the body. Amen? Christ has one body, y'all. And all of that body is important. Clawson is just a very small piece, maybe a toenail, I don't know, in the body of Christ. We're one small piece, but his body is what's important, not just what happens here. Somebody say amen. So this series is all about the inner workings of the body of Christ, how important it is for us as the body to be the body, to learn our place in his body and what that means. So the first week I talked to you about one body but many parts. We talked about how just like there's so many parts, I don't know how many parts there is on our body, but it's a lot, y'all. We start going inside and all the different things. There's th hundreds of thousands, probably millions of parts to this body. Just like every part of my body is important. And if we're not working together, if this body's not working together, if my lungs are not working together, or my brain is not working like it should, then there's problems in the whole entire body. Listen, that is exactly the, the case with the body of Jesus Christ. And so when I talked about one body and many parts, I talked about how important it is in the body of Christ that we are to be unified. I talked about how there are no preferred parts in the body of Christ. And I talked about how, honestly, if we were working as we should, each part of the body should be helping every other part of the body. Does that sound like what we know as the body of Jesus Christ? So last week, I preached about one body growing together. And I talked about the importance of all of us growing no matter what's going on. Peter wrote this letter, wrote this, and, and it, was, it, was to, um, it was to believers that were discouraged. And his encouragement to them was to grow because he knew if they did not grow, they would not make it through the circumstances. They would not make it through the trials. And so when we're going through things, that is the time for us to grow the most. Somebody say amen. Sometimes growing takes a change of my mindset. Amen. 
We talked about this last week. And then the last, time, the last thing that I talked about was growing in your identity as a child of God. So for today's message, I want to read you a passage of Scripture, and then I'll dive into the, uh, the content. The passage of Scripture, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 7. Revelations is John's vision of heaven. It's a be- If you've never read it, it's beautiful, very cool passage. I want to read to you chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. I hear pages turning. I'm going to wait just a second. Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Uh, If you have a different version, that's awesome. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. Here we go. It says, after this, I saw a vast crowd. Let me see if y'all are awake. Everybody say vast crowd. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Now, this is a picture. This is what I want to talk about. This is a picture of what it's going to look like when we get to heaven. People from every nation, every tribe, every language. I'm also going to throw in every color. Because if they're every nation and every tribe, they got to be every color. Amen? So this is a picture of what heaven is going to be like. So do me a favor real quick. Would you close your eyes? I want us to picture this together. Everybody close your eyes, if you don't mind. Close your eyes. You are in heaven right now, and you see millions of people gathered around the throne of God. We're all dressed in white. There's white people, there's black people, there's Middle Eastern people, there's Indians, there's Asians. There's people literally that you never even knew that that kind of person was on the earth. Stay with me. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Oh, snap. There's, there's rich people that were rich on earth in heaven. There's people that were poor. There's people that were really preppy while they were on earth. There's People that are gothic or looked gothic or emo. There's people that got nice looking hair. There's a bald guy. People with mohawks and dreadlocks and all types of people in heaven. Now open your eyes with me. I, I kind of vision this as I was reading this. I, was, I almost went back to like high school when you're in high school and you're junior high and you just got different groups of people everywhere. Listen, the Bible says there will be people from every nation. It's not just going to be people like me in heaven. There's going to be people that are completely opposite of me in heaven. Because there's people from every nation, every tribe, every group of people. You know why I wanted to share this and why I believe that it's so important? Because I think we have a hard time understanding this piece. You might want to write this down. There is no such thing as a people that is my enemy. Write that down. There's no such thing as a people that is my enemy. Now, there is a such thing as a people or a person that has not joined the right team yet. And let me just share with you, if you always view them as your enemy, they're probably never going to join the team. There is no such people as a group of people that is my enemy. There's only people that I need to love into the kingdom of God. That's heaven. That's what heaven's going to look like. It's people of all nations. Satan and his people are our only only enemy. And what he does is he tries to come in and divide groups of people. And if heaven is going to look like that, groups of people from every tribe and every nation and every group of people and every style 
of people. It doesn't have to be my style. If that's what heaven's gonna be like, don't you think that's what we should be working towards on earth? Is reaching and getting and, and, and going after every group, every tribe, every nation, even the people that I think in my mind that I don't like. Even the Democrats, even the Republicans, even the, even the, the blue, the red, the, the whatever. Even the, the Black Lives Matters and the Nazis and the white supremacists, every group of people can have a life change. I know because I had a life change. And so there is no group of people that is my enemy. There's only a group of people that I have not yet been able to reach. And that has got to be my mindset if I'm going to be in the body of Jesus Christ. One body working together. Whew. Everybody say working together. That's the title this morning, One Body Working Together. You ever find it challenging to work with specific people? Mm. You know why it's so challenging to work with people? Can I, can I tell you? You ready? Probably already know this. It's challenging to work with people because when you want somebody to do something or you want something to be done, you want it done a specific way. Right? But then sometimes... <laughs> But then sometimes other people, they want, to, they want to do the same thing and get the same result, but they want to do it a different way. And we have a problem so many times with them doing it a different way. And then somebody else has a whole different way of doing it all together. And so what happens is instead of us saying, hey, bro, we're working on the kingdom of God. This, the end result, people going to heaven, people going from death to life, from cursing to blessing. This is where we're going. And instead of us going, hey, man, I realize we don't do it all the same, but let's just work together on this. Why don't you take that spot over there? I'll take this spot over here and I'll work and I'll do things my way. You work and you do things your way. We'll share resources. We'll work together. We'll make this thing work. And what we'll do is we will reach a huge group of people together. Instead of us doing that, what we do is we say, they don't do it the way that I think that it needs to be done. So I ain't working with them. You guys are quiet. I must be preaching in the wrong church. Listen, y'all, this is a perfect example of what church looks like. Not our church, just every other church. It's a perfect, perfect example. You know what happens? What happens is AG people, Assembly of God pastors, Pentecostal pastors, whoever, what they do is they say, you know what? I can't work with these Baptist people over here because these Baptist people, these pastors over here that are Baptist, they might, they might lead our people wrong. They might lead somebody wrong. Because, you know, they're going to teach them once saved, always saved. And they're going to teach them that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is of the devil. And they're going to teach them all of these things. And, and so I can't work with that group of people. And that group of people may or may not even be in the, the kingdom of God. I don't know. And so they, they, they throw up this thing and say, listen, that, that moving people from death to life is no longer the issue. The issue is how we're getting it done. And so I'm not going to work with them. And then the Baptists, they're like, you know what? We can't work with the AG because they get filled with the Holy Spirit. And that stuff is weird. And that was supposed to die off with the apostles. And that's of the devil. And so what happens is, is you got barriers and walls that have been built up all over the church. And that is not the way that God intended for it to be. Amen. Amen. Can I be honest with y'all? There's going to be people that love Jesus with all of their heart that are going to be in heaven and they're going to believe once saved, always saved. That's not what got them to heaven. 
What got them to heaven is the fact that they love Jesus. They gave their life to Jesus and serving him. And maybe they were off on that. Maybe, maybe they weren't. That's, that's between them and God. But here's the thing. What got them to heaven was the fact that they, they, they gave themselves completely over to Jesus. Can I be honest with you? There's going to be people that are filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that are in heaven. I should have got better than that in this church. That's us, y'all. And being filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's not what got me to heaven. What got me to heaven? What got me to heaven is the fact that I love Jesus Christ with everything in me. Now, because I want to share Jesus Christ with the world and be empowered by his Holy Spirit, I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think that it's ridiculously important in your Christian walk. But, but what we've done is we've separated ourselves all over the place. And instead of working together as one unit, how the body of Christ should be, we've just, we've, we've put all of these things. Listen, when we get to heaven, those things are not going to separate us. So why do we allow them to separate us while we're here on earth? Let's reach people for Jesus Christ. Let's help people mature. Let's teach them the truth and the word. And let them come up with what they believe based off of the truth and based off of the word and based off of their discernment. Let's get them filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm all about that. Amen. But that is what's important, y'all. Helping people move from death to life. Can I be honest with you? The body of Jesus is crippled. And the reason that it's crippled is mainly because the leaders in the body of Jesus are not working together. Ouch. We should be one body working together. So how do we make this happen? You might ask. The answer is, I have no idea. I've been trying to do this for years. But you know how I believe that it can happen? Is if every church will start with themselves. If every church will start here with me and say, you know what? I may not believe everything the same way that they do, but I know that they love Jesus. And I know that God's will is for us to work as a unit. And I know that God's will is for us to be one. And so however he wants to mend that so that we can be one. If we'll start with ourselves. And then when God opens the door, then we can mend things with churches and other churches. And it's not us versus anybody else, but it's all about one, his body of Christ being one unit working together. That is a picture of what Jesus wants his church to be. So how can you do that? How can we do that? I have four things that I want to share with you this morning that I think that we can do to do our part in working together his, as his body. Number one in your notes is this. We cooperate and not compete. We cooperate and not compete. Now get this. This is going to be really hard for me to say, y'all. Really hard. Because Clawson Assembly, this is my baby. Clawson is not any better than any other church. Now it's better for us but it's not more important or better than any other church. His whole body is important to him. That's hard, y'all, but it's true. You know why Clawson is better for us? Clawson is better for us because it grows us. 
It helps us to move forward. It helps us to get our mindset in the mindset that we believe that we should have. We believe that what's being taught here and done here is truth. And so Clawson is, I don't know about y'all, but I love worshiping here. I've been to churches that I didn't ever want to go back. It's not because I didn't love the people. It's because I like to worship Jesus and what they were doing. It was different than what I'm doing. I love the worship here. I love the freedom here. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit just moves and he gets to do what he wants to do. We have a culture in our church that is different from any culture that I know of any other church. And I love it. And it's my favorite. But not everyone loves it here. Can y'all imagine that there are people that doesn't like things the way that we do them? There's people that want their whole church to be dressed up, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. There's people that really want to honor God in their dress wear, and they want to dress up, and they want their preacher to wear a suit. There's people that want to sing older songs than what we sing, and that's okay. That's just not how we cook our chicken. There's people that like to do church much differently than how we do church, and listen to me, this is so important. That's okay. They're still in the body of Christ. And if somebody came to me and said, Pastor, this isn't my kind of chicken, bro. Then I would say, what kind of chicken are you looking for? I know all of them. I mean, you want like real traditional. You want like very businessy. Like I know the churches. You just let me know what you're looking for and I'll send you there. If, and that's okay for people to say, you know, you don't have to feel guilty for thinking, you know, I really, the closet is not my cup of tea. That's okay. It's my cup of tea. We ain't changing it for somebody that wants to change the tea. Amen? But listen, God, is, it's important that we have all of those different kinds of body of Christ because if we didn't, then there would be people that we could not reach. Clawson reaches a totally different demographic and group of people than other churches do. And it's sad to me that we compete and we compete and we compete. You ever feel the sense of competition in church? <laughs> like we're just trying to do, do and be better than the other churches around us so that we can get all the people here. You ever sense that? You get that? I used to be that. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Listen, our worship team is better than their worship team. Yeah, well, our kids' ministry is better than your kids' ministry. <laughs> well, my preacher preaches better than yours. Yeah, if you want to go to sleep while he's preaching. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is, this is real, y'all. This is, not, so this is something that I'm preaching about because we've been praying about it, and I feel like God is saying it's time for my body to come together. Come it's time for churches to stop rivaling, and it's time for us to come together and be the actual body of Christ. It happens inside the same churches. Leaders rivaling against leaders. <laughs> Every Wednesday night, oh, I'm calling out my own people. Every Wednesday night on our staff text, I get something like, we had 36 kids and 11 leaders and children's this week. And then there's a text, we had 65 and, uh, and 10 leaders in youth. And then Christy's like, it's, it's, it's a rivalry. It happens everywhere if we allow it to. And I, I, man, I get it. I understand it. I make competitions out of everything. Not even a competition. I'm going to make a competition out of it. 
So I get it. I understand. You know what I feel like we've done with the body of Christ? I mean, I'm going to tell you this, this example. There's a couple of uh, chefs that are in a kitchen. And they're two completely different chefs. They make two completely different styles of food and meals. And they're fighting over the last egg in the kitchen. Okay? You got this? And so they're fighting. And well, I get the egg. No, mine's more important. I get the egg. Da, 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 da. I do. I cook better than you. Are you kidding me? You don't cook better than me. We got 13 complaints on your food last week. So there's this whole rivalry going on on who gets the egg. Right? And then this really wise waitress walks in. And she says, what are you, you guys been out, my food is late because y'all keep arguing over this stupid egg. Who, why, who wants the egg? Why do you want the egg? And one of them says, well, I need the egg whites because I'm making this souffle. And the other one says, I need the yellow of the egg because I'm making this custard. Did y'all catch that? Lesson here, if they would have just communicated and worked together, Instead of dissing and downing and competing and having rivalry and who was more important and who was less important, if they would have just worked together, one of them could have got the egg whites and one of them could have got the yolk. When we could just stop competing for 10 minutes and learn to cooperate with each other, we become more efficient and more effective for God's kingdom. And again... I'm preaching this to you guys like I I live it well. I'm really preaching to myself probably more than anybody else in the room right now because competitive is my third name. Like that's that's in my inner being is this competitive nature. And I've made this mistake so many times. I made this mistake. I have watched every preacher that has a live stream and within 100 miles because I want to see if I'm preaching better than, than they are. I've watched every worship band within 100 miles. I've watched, and and, and in myself, this is so bad, y'all. But in myself, when they're like, I'm looking at them and it's not very good, like it makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) Y'all, it's horrible. I should want just as good as better or better for them than for me. We're one body. And when I think that way, I'm disturbing and coming against and writhing against the body of Jesus Christ. That's horrible. Shame on you, Josh Pope. Just like I should say, shame on all of the church that does that. That's not who we should be. Somebody say amen. amen. We've got to avoid this sense of competition and rivalry inside and outside of the church in the body of Christ. I want to read you in Luke chapter 9, one of my favorite things that Jesus says. <clears throat> Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. It says, then his disciples begin arguing about which of them was the greatest. (laughs) It ain't just us. The disciples are arguing about which of them was the greatest. You know, they were supposed to be united. But when you're arguing about someone, about who's greater, you or them, you cannot be united. Think about that. They're arguing about who's the greatest. In verse 47, but Jesus knew their thoughts. So he brought a little child to his side. And then he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my father who sent me. This is my favorite part. Whoever is least among you is the greatest. Whoever is least among you is the greatest. And we fight to be the best. 
Wow. So how do you cooperate and not compete? I'm going to give you three pieces, and I'm going to encourage you to write them down. If you have people that you compete with, I promise you, if you will do these three pieces, it will help you to move from competing to cooperating. You ready? Number one, I want to encourage you to pray for those people or that person constantly. It's really hard to be mad at somebody that you're praying for all the time. I always tell spouses when they're fighting all the time, start praying for and lifting up your spouse more than you complain about them. Why? Because it just does something in you. And if you're the one complaining, you're probably one of the ones that need the biggest change. It does a change in you. Number two, this one's hard. Give some of yourself to help them to move forward. Oh, this is my rivalry. And you want me to give some of myself to help them to move forward. Number three, celebrate their wins. Listen, when you are praying for someone that you have a rivalry with, when you're giving your resources, your heart, your attention, yourself to them, when you're praying for them, you're giving to them. What was number three? And when you're celebrating their wins, it's almost like their win becomes your win because they're on your team. You see how that can completely change your mindset? And you guys are quiet. Number two in your notes is this. We're just going to keep moving. How How do we stay together? How do we be unified? Number two, let the main thing be the main thing. Let the main thing be the main thing. What's the main thing? The main thing is the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being spread to the nations. The main thing is making sure that we get the message of Jesus to everyone that we can by loving the world with the love of God. At Clawson, we have defined the main thing very simply because I think some people make it way too complicated. We have these four little pictures or icons or whatever app things. I don't know what they're called actually. Uh, Andrew, can you help me out and put the first one up? Okay, so we have these four little pieces that tell you what the main thing is, okay? Discover is the first one. Go to the next one. You have this little light bulb. Connect is the second one. What's the third one? Develop is the third one. What's the last one? Expand. Okay, so these things are all over all different parts of our church because we believe that this is what God has called us to do. Discover, connect, develop, expand. Everybody say it with me. Discover, Discover. connect, Connect. develop, Develop. expand. You know what makes those things the main thing? Let me share with you. Discover. You know why discover is so stinking important? Because if people do not discover who Jesus Christ is, if people do not discover that they have a father in heaven that loves them so much that he sent his son to die on the cross and they're going to go to hell because they did not discover, that's what makes discover so important. People do not get to go to heaven unless they discover who God is. And they can't discover it unless we share it with them. Number two, you know what makes connecting in the body of, in the family so important? Because 94% of people that discover God and give their lives to God and give themselves to God lack getting connected into the body of Jesus Christ. They go back into the world and the, the Bible talks about different kinds of seed that comes up. And what happens is 94% of people turn back to the world, even though they discovered God, because they did not get connected and rooted in like they needed to. Discover, connect. Number three, develop. Everybody say develop. You know why develop is so important? 
Because when you discover God, you are now a baby in Christ. You know not a whole lot usually. And so if I wanna do what God has called me to do, I have got to grow, I've got to mature. He's called me to reach people, but I can't reach people if I don't know the gospel. I can't reach people if I don't know the truth. And so I develop who I am in Christ so that I can do what he's called me to do. Which brings me to number four, expand. Expand, expand his name and his kingdom and his will and his love around the globe. Let the main thing be the main thing, discovering God, connecting into his family, de developing as a Christ follower and expanding his name around the globe. Everybody say, that's the main thing. Everything else doesn't matter. Now, growing and becoming mature and getting your, your prayer language and getting filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, all of those things are gifts and they are awesome and they are assets and they help you. But those aren't what gets you to heaven. The main thing is what gets you to heaven. The gospel of Jesus is what gets you to heaven. And that is where we should be focused. That, if we could just all get focused on that thing, then even though we're all different, we could work together. The issue is we get our focus all jacked up. Amen? So, number one, we cooperate and not compete. Number two, we let the main thing be the main thing. The next two points I encourage you to write down, they are values in our church. They are things that we, we take a lot of pride in and, it, and create the culture that we have. So number three is this. We give all that we have and all that we are to reach all of the people. We give all that we have and all that we are to reach all of the people. I love this value. You know why I love it? Because this should be who we are. My focus on reaching people for Jesus, it should be bigger than my focus on getting a job. It should be bigger than my focus on making money or getting married, or riding in a nice car, or getting the American dream. My focus, main focus in life should be giving all that I am and all that I are to reach as many people as I can for Jesus Christ. And when I make that my focus, God opens the doors for me to have the right job and marry the right person and get the life that he's called me to live but that needs to be my focus. Amen? Amen. So how do, we, how do we do this at Clawson? How do we give all that we have and all that we are to reach all the people? We do this in so many different ways. Food boxes, bus ministry, hell house, most excellent way, Christmas giveaways, Easter egg hunts, all of the things we do to try to reach all of the people. But there is something specifically that you can do personally. Everybody say me. me. There's something that you can do personally to reach all of the people that God has already placed inside of your life. And I'm gonna ask Miss Susie to come and share with you how you can do this. Would you give it up for Susie as she comes? <laughs> Miss Susie, if you don't know, is our outreach director here at Clawson, and she's going to speak to you for a few minutes on reaching all of the people. Yes. Good morning, Clawson family. So. Josh is talking about we give all we have and all we are to reach all the people. But what is all? Is it our time? Is it our energy? Is it just being obedient and inviting someone to church? 
I know it's hard because I am stepping out of my comfort zone just being up here talking to y'all right now. <laughs> so um, I want to give God my all. I want to give him everything. I'm up here because he's asked me to, and I'm up here because I want to give him everything. Um, I, want, I don't want to stand before my father and tell him that I was not obedient because of my own personal insecurities. So, how can you give your all? I love it when I get practical tools to help me grow, so let's start with this. The question you need to be asking yourself is, who can I invite to church and how? Who are some people in your day-to-day life that you can invite to church who needs to come and see Jesus? That's just a small plug for my upcoming small group, y'all. It's going to be the small one, right, Pastor? So, if you want to know, we are going to be doing the Chosen Bible Study, and if you want to know more about it, you can see me after church or later, whatever's best for you. (laughs) I was shocked to find out, or so who um, do you invite to church? You invite your neighbor, you invite your coworkers, your friends maybe, but what about the lady that serves you lunch at Del Rio, or maybe somebody that takes your children back and forth to school? or even um, somebody you stood next to at the post office. You could invite them to church. I was shocked to find out that only one in 10 believers has ever led someone to Christ. You don't have to raise your hand, but just think, have you had the honor of inviting or leading someone to Christ? If this is true, that means 90% of Christians keep their faith to themselves. This goes against the Great Commission, which was the final instruction Jesus gave before he went to heaven, which is to go into all the world, preach the good news to all the people. What if you had someone standing in front of you, and this was going to be the last time you ever saw them, and you didn't invite them to church? I've been that person, and I can guarantee you that the regret of not being obedient and doing my part for the kingdom is a lot more painful than being up here out of my comfort zone for just a minute. God has never intended us for us to stay inside these four walls and not invite anybody in. We were to go and be the salt of the world, and some of us really need to get out of our salt shakers. God wants us to witness to the lost, and that can start by inviting them to church. I think a lot of times what holds us back is that we think that we have to have all the answers, but we don't. All we have to do is invite them to church and allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. So everyone, mark your calendars for September 16th. This is going to be our big Back to Church Bash Sunday. We want you to be thinking and praying about who you can invite to church this Sunday. It will be a day where we have fun and games after service, so plan to stay after church with your guests. But here's the really fun part. Who would like to see Pastor Josh kiss a pig? I think we have a picture. Do we have a picture? Do we have a picture? No? Okay. So (laughs) I would like to see this happen. So, But I don't know about y'all. And as an addition, well, Pastor told me if we have 750 at service, he will actually kiss a pig. And as an added bonus... The person who brings the most guests that day gets to pie the entire staff in the face, except for me, of course. (laughs) I hear Becca laughing. So 
So I want y'all to shoot high, because if we only get 650 people here, our staff gets pied, and Pastor Josh gets to walk away without kissing a pig. <laughs> I know this is all super fun and crazy, and this is Clawson, but let's not lose sight of what the real mission is, to share the gospel with everyone. Remember, we give all we have and all we are to reach all the people. Ask yourself, am I giving my all to the Lord? Help us help pastor give his all when he kisses the pig. So up at the altar, you will find some invest and invite cards. At the end of service, come and pick one up, fill it out, and start praying for the people that you would like to invest in. So thank you. Thank you, Miss Susie. Hey, man. Kiss a pig. Huh. So, hey, let me walk you through real quick. Um, how, how do I do my part? So, hey, September, that date, what was it? 16th? September 16th is going to be a fun day. It's hopefully going to be a little bit cooler outside than August. Um, we're going to have a day full of volleyball, kickball, all kind of games that we're going to do here on the grounds. We're going to serve a lunch in a to-go box, um, bingo, dominoes, all kind of prizes that you can win in bingo. And why am I telling you all that? Because that's just to get people here. That's for you to get your people here. Well, my friends don't go to church. Well, they might want to win like a $100 bingo thing. I don't know. And so let's get them to church. Let's, let's get them to church however we need to get them to church. And so, um, uh, what is it, 19th? September 19th. Uh, and so here, here's how we do this. We spend four weeks on these. Okay, so this week, all you are supposed to do, pick up one of these cards at the, during the altar call, and you write down, I don't want other church people. They got their own body. We want, we want people that don't know the Lord. We want people that maybe you know by their actions. Maybe they go to church, but they don't know the Lord. You know by their actions, they don't know the Lord. Uh, we want people that need Jesus in their life here that day. It's going to be a gospel message preached to them. And, uh, and we're believing that God's just going to, his Holy Spirit's going to move and people are going to get saved. This week, pick up a card, identify three people that you would like to invite in four weeks and begin to pray for them. I believe that your prayer is going to start pulling, softening their heart. I believe that your prayer is going to begin to get them prepared for the invitation that you're going to get them. So we're going to start with prayer. And then next week, we're going to initiate contact with them. Maybe there's somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Then the next week, we're going to invest in them, do something sweet for them. And then the last week, we're going to invite them. So don't run out this week and invite them. This week, start by praying for them. Amen? And so for the altar call, I want to encourage everyone. I hope everybody does it. Grab a card. We're going to do this together. We give all that we have and all that we are to reach all of the people. Last point this morning, real quickly, in closing. And I love this one. We work like someone's life depends on it because it does. We work like someone's life depends on it because it does. Our good intentions aren't saving anyone. Everybody's got good intentions. Everybody's got good plans. Most everybody in here probably has a great heart. But those things aren't saving anyone. We have got to get to work. Can I get one amen? amen. Thank you, yes. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Stay with me here. Listen to this. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but... How can they call on him to save them unless they believe? How can they believe in him 
unless they've heard? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Our calling and our job, what we were put on this earth to do is to reach as many people with the love and the, and the gospel of Jesus as we can. And I'm asking you as my church family, can we together step up and reach as many people as we can on a daily basis and for this big day? We work like someone's life depends on it because it does. It's not enough to just be a big church, a friendly church, a church with great services and wonderful worship, decent preaching, cool t-shirts, awesome hats. Amen. Yeah, that's us. That's not enough. Amen? We have got to be the church that gets to work serving our God for his purpose and his mission which is helping people find him. Would you stand with me this morning? As you're standing, I'm gonna ask our worship team to come and join me up on the stage and begin, just go ahead and begin to sing something. His body should be one body working together. And listen, even if every other part is unhealthy and not doing what they're supposed to do, we still have an obligation to God to do exactly what we are supposed to do. And we do that by cooperating, not competing, keeping the main thing, the main thing, giving all that we are and all that we have to reach all the people and working like someone's life depends on it because it does. Listen, in just a minute, we're gonna sing a song and I'm gonna open the altar call. And as I'm getting ready to do that, if you were on our altar team, would you step out and come to the front right now and get ready? Get ready to pray for people. Here's what I wanna ask you to do when we start singing this song. Number one is I'm asking you to join me in taking this, this card and beginning to identify people in my life that don't know the Lord, that I want to know the Lord and, and writing down their names this week and getting prepared and praying for them. If you don't do anything else during the altar call, I'm asking you to do that. I hope that we all do this. I hope I have to kiss the dadgum pig. But that's up to you guys. Also, if you're here with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here in just a minute and you need prayer, maybe you're sick, maybe you've been dealing with fear, maybe you're struggling, you need healing, physical healing, mental healing. If Satan has been attacking you and maybe you're here and you say, I just need to be lifted up and prayed for by my brother or sister in Christ. Maybe that's you. In just a minute, I'm gonna ask you to come. If you're here and you know that your life is not right with God, and this morning you need, to, you need to discover who he is, maybe you need to rediscover who he is. Maybe you need to give yourself back to him if your life is not right and you need to make it right. In just a minute, I'm gonna ask you to come. If you're here and you're searching for where your peace fits in the body and you need prayer, I'm gonna ask you to come. Or if you're here and you just wanna spend some alone time with God, Listen, don't, don't stop the Holy Spirit from doing what he wants to do in you. So in just a second, when they start playing this song, if you need prayer for any reason, I'm gonna ask you to step out and come. If you wanna find a spot to pray, I'm gonna ask you to step out and come. Or if you will join me in grabbing one of these cards. And
you're taking this with you and doing your part to get people here on September 19th, I'm going to ask you to come right now.